gentlemen this is down to the wire we are live every single monday and tuesday from 6 p.m to 8 p.m new york eastern time remember you can call us at 631-965-4990 and you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com download our app if you go to apple right now all you have to do is go to the search key in your applications you put in wwsrn or you can go to android right now and you go to Worldwide Sports Radio Network, or search Worldwide Sports Radio Network in your applications. We have a great show lined up for you, and I know we we had to push this interview up a little bit faster because this guy needed the time, and I'm happy to get him on. It doesn't really matter. We are now talking to Texas football punter recruit Isaac Pearson. What's going on, Isaac? How you doing, guys? We are good, my friend. How are you feeling right now? How How are you and your family doing with this pandemic? Yeah, we're we're pretty well untouched here at the moment. We're very lucky in that fact. Um, you know, I'm I'm back home in my hometown at the moment with my family, and you know we're we're still participating in normal life. Everyone's going to work. We're just keeping our social distancing intact. In As you guys know, if you don't know who Isaac is, he is the punter of the Texas Longhorns football team and might not have a football season this year. We have no idea what's going on. What are your thoughts right now with the NCAA and the fact that there might not be a college football season? Yeah, obviously it's disappointing. Um, I'd I'd really like to watch some of my mates over there that are playing college ball for their respective teams. But at the end of the day, uh, whatever's going to get everyone, you know, to go home to their families in the safest way possible. I think that's the most important uh, part at this, at this point in time. So you grew up in Australia. You live there now. You were telling me it's at 6.30, almost 6.30 in the morning over there. So Australia, not really known for football. I mean, it's a big rugby country. They're big with basketball. They're big with swimming, a lot of other sports like that. So f- how did you get a- attracted mm-hmm. to football? Like what made you have the desire to watch football and play football? Was it, was it inherited from other sports like the, the kicking skills, anything like that? How did you get into that? Yeah, so it's, it's not really a, a traditional pathway over here at all. Uh, we, we play Australian rules football growing up, um, which is, is not quite rugby. It's, it's, you know, we will move the ball by kicking it like a quarterback will pass their receivers. Um, yeah, I, I was playing that for 14 years growing up as a kid, and um, then it got to a point where I wanted to, to see the world and, and study, and I felt like my sporting days were still, you know, still ahead of me. Um, and uh, I'd, you know, heard wind of this, this opportunity down with uh, the Pro Kick Australia crew in, in Melbourne to go and, and train and play college football and get an education. Um, so I, I thought that was a no-brainer and just 
an incredible opportunity. So I chased that with, uh, you know, chased that blindly, and, and here we are. We are talking to Texas football punter recruit Isaac Pearson. Now, Isaac, punting, I, I don't know what pushes somebody to punt a ball. I, 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 a lot of people think it's probably the most boring position when it comes to football, but it is a very important aspect of what special teams is and moving forward into the NFL. I think if you have a good punter, you have a very good chance of putting a team in position where they don't want to be. So what made you decide? Uh, I, obviously, you played soccer, you played rugby over there in Australia, which is very, very popular over there in Australia. What made you decide to be a punter when I've seen a lot of rugby players come into the NFL as wide receivers, um, uh, or cornerbacks? What made you play the punter position? Are you a better kicker? Are you uh, just more athletically sound as a kicker? I don't, I don't, what made you want to be a punter? Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit left field, but over, over here in our, our traditional sport, we, we kick all the time. So instead of going out with our dads in the backyard and throwing a baseball to each other, we'll go out and kick a footy. Um, so that's, that's second nature to us. We're doing that as soon as we can you know, walk and talk pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been kicking a football for as long as I can remember. And to me, that's just the most fun thing that I can do. Um, you know, in our sport back here, we're, we're used to running, you know, eight to ten miles a game and tackling everyone without any pads. And, you know, it, it's full contact. So it's not like a – it's not a question of, um, you know, not being athletic enough. I think that it's just the most, most, thing, uh, most fun thing that I could possibly do with my time. Everyone else thinks it's boring, but it's, it's, it's an obsession for me. In terms of football exposure in Australia, but whether it's the college level or the NFL level, uh, is there any – what was the methods that you had in order to, to watch football? Did you have a favorite team that, uh, that was an American team, or was it strictly Australian rules football that got you into that? And then also, how did that lead you to want to play American college football? And again, you ended up with a big, big team, a big-name team in Texas, a Power 5 conference. How did, that, how did you get involved with all that, knowing those kinds of restrictions? Yeah, it's it's not really broadcast over here too often. So we, we'll get um, the top Sunday Arvo game on our Monday morning at like 6am. So before work or if I was finishing my night shift, I'd, I'd get, get wind of the score and hopefully be able to watch it. Um, and then, yeah, I've found out that there was a few Aussies over there punting in the NFL at the time did my research into where they came from and then, you know, got in touch with the Pro Kick Academy in Melbourne. And then it was a matter of, um, I had a time for some of my friends that I was training with playing at their own colleges, like, um, you know, University of Oregon, Texas A&M, Florida Gators, uh, you know, the list goes on, uh, wherever we've placed guys, where it's a pretty tight knit group. So, um, you know, I've just been keeping, keeping in touch with those guys and following their progress along the way. And yeah, now, I mean, Back when I was first falling in love with the sport, I I did you know sort of latched on to uh, the University of Texas and I started watching all their games on a an early Sunday morning and it's a bit of a dream come true to be um, you know a Texas Longhorns commit. Now the punting position and I, I the Jets drafted a punter in the seventh round, one of the best punters we've seen in college football in a very very long time. When you look at the position that you play and the opportunities that you have over there in Texas in the future, do you see yourself as a future NFL player? Uh, do you think that you have the talents to get yourself to the NFL? Yeah, I, I think that um, you know ninety percent of the guys have got a ball, uh, you know, a punt big enough uh, to play in the NFL. It's whether they're consistent enough. So, um, 
I've got to work at my consistency and just fine tune my craft over the next four and a half years at Texas. And, you know, if, if I do things correctly and fulfill my role for the team in line with, uh, with my coach's views, then, you know, things like accolades and, um, you know, going to the pros, that, that sort of stuff should take care of itself. It's not a, it's not really a, focus at this point in time. I just want to do my best for the Longhorns. So you like full contact sports. You like rugby. Australia is, is known for their rugby. I love rugby too. I played a little rugby, rugby uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, but rugby, rug, rugby, I almost call it rugby, but rugby, <laughs> uh, rugby when I was in college. So I played recreational rugby. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, it's, it's, it's full contact. It's, it's just as dangerous playing rugby as it, it, it is in the NFL and playing college football. When you look at the the speed of the game, the size of some of these players in in college football and the NFL, uh, are you surprised that some of these guys at three hundred and fifty six pounds could run a forty in about four seven four six? Or or are you not surprised because you get the opportunity to watch this every single day with some of these rugby players? Yeah, quite honestly, it's still it's still so surprising to see these guys, you know, at such incredible builds and they're moving so fast and they've got so much power. Um, it's not, it's not the athlete that we're used to seeing over here in Australia where typically our sports are a lot more endurance based. There's not a lot of explosiveness. Um, so yeah, these, mm-hmm. these guys are man mountains and moving that, that quickly. It's, it's, you know, impressive to behold. I, I'm really lucky that I'm in a position that hopefully won't get anywhere near those guys. For a long <laughs> both, with Australian rules football, both with concepts and with rules, what are some of the big differences between that and college football or just American football in general that you studied? Yeah, it's, it's really a, a sport of its own. So we haven't got, um, it's, it's 18 people each, each team. So there's 36 people on the field at any time. And the ball will just, it's, you know, compared to aerial ping pong, they call it over here. So um, the ball will fly any which direction. There's no offsides. There's no um, no fumbles or anything. It's just live ball, live play pretty much the entire time. So you've got to move it by kicking the ball or uh, punching the ball to your teammate to move it up the field and kick it through the big, the two uprights in the middle. They are worth six points. And if you miss and kick it, through an upright either side of those two, it's worth one point. So it's typically very high scoring. Um, you know, a, a normal game will be you know a hundred points to eighty points sort of thing. That's mm-hmm. that's a fairly um, fairly common thing. Um, these guys, like I said, are running eight to ten miles a game, sometimes more, um, and you know, tackling anywhere from five to ten times, like one on one tackles. So it's it's really quite a taxing game. Um, but it's such excitement the whole way through that it's nonstop action for two hours. What is it like getting a phone call from the Texas Longhorns saying that they want you, they want you to come and play football with them and, and, and be a part of their uh, NCAA football team? What, what, what was it like getting that phone call and asking you to come, out, come down and uh, check out the uh, school? Yeah, quite honestly, I was, I was in tears. So I'd, my my coach, uh, I was in the gym, and my coach brought over the phone, and that um, you know, the the contact across the top was Tom Herman, and you know I had to sort of pinch myself. And when he when he spoke the words like we'd like to offer you a scholarship to come and play football at Austin, I was I was in tears. It was you know, 
you know, quarter to, quarter past six in the morning and it was pitch black outside and I was jumping for joy in the car park of the, of the local gym. It was, um, yeah, something I'll never forget. Um, I was lucky to have some of my close mates around me in the gym and it was really quite emotional. Um, I was down in Melbourne at the time, so I called up my mum and dad back in my hometown at, you know, six in the morning on a Saturday and um, told them the great news. And yeah, it's it's been a life-changing experience. I'm just incredibly lucky to be a Longhorn, that's for sure. The Texas football culture is something in America that's very unique in terms of they really go all out for even high school football or even youth football. They they, they really are passionate about the game. So what are you look, most looking forward to about the, the state of Texas just as a whole with their culture, very unique culture, and the Texas football culture, both at the school and just all around the communities? Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just looking forward to um... – to embracing everything. I haven't got too many preconceived uh, ideas about the place. I've, <laughs> I'm hoping that um, the country music scene is what I'm what I'm imagining because I'm sort of falling in love with that. You like country um, music? Come on, Isaac. Yeah. Come on, Isaac. You're from Australia. You like country uh, music? I, yeah, I went to Nashville and fell in love with it there. So, oh, um, you fell in love with the women. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping you fell in love with the women. You didn't fall, fall in love with the music. <laughs> yeah you got me there Um, yeah it's it's just something that something i can't wait to be a part of massive crowds are all so passionate um obviously that comes with pressure but i'm just looking forward to being in that environment you know pressure creates diamonds and Uh i can't think of a better place to play football than in the warmth in front of a hundred thousand people in dkr it's just yeah second to none we are talking to Texas football punter recruit Isaac Pearson. Now, Isaac, uh, and we, we have a lot of fun with different uh, athletes that come on our show. Uh, we, we do ask them silly questions. And I, I know that you're sitting in your car, you're relaxing. I don't know if you're at the car wash right now. I don't know an undertone of that. But um, I'm actually happy that you come on our show. We've, we've interviewed a couple of punters. Uh, over the last couple of months. So I, I I read a little bit about you and, and, and who you are and the fact that you're from Australia. And I actually was a surfer myself. I actually like to surf. Um, I just don't like sharks. And over there in Australia, they're, uh, they're covered with great white sharks. Uh, they have a, don't they have a place called the Black Lagoon over there in Australia? Yeah, I haven't, haven't been there yet. There's, you know, there's a, there's a place in WA, Shark Park as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're pretty fortunate to be living on the water. Um, yeah, pretty much everyone in the in the whole country lives within fifty kilometers, or you know, what's that, thirty miles of the beach. So, right. um, you know, we're we're on the water, and you know, in the in the lake out the front of our place, it's there's four different species of shark that live there. So, um, <laughs> in the summertime, it can get it can get pretty hairy, but you know, if if you if you don't fall in. You're fine, sort of. Um, oh, so so what yeah. you do is you stay away from the water. You just don't want to fall into the water. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I mean, we're still out fishing and paddleboarding and swimming in the lake. Yeah, of um, course. You know, they're they're always there, but it's it's. I mean, there are places where they're more prevalent. Um, but then they're not too much of a concern at this point. No, we're we're all pretty pretty used to them there's shark alarms at every beach (laughs) we're pretty tough down here as well well you're probably a lot tougher than me because after i was in the water with a shark i never went back into the water as far as surfing is concerned i sold my board and i will never go in the water off the coast more than 300 yards so there you go so i am i'm staying far far away from sharks especially that they're covered 
and coveted over here in Long Island now. Uh, great whites, five great white sharks have been spotted off the coast here in Long Island. So I'm staying far, far away from the water. Anyways, um, I, I <laughs> do want to have like a, a plan. Yeah, that's a definite plan. Absolutely. And no paddle, import, no paddle boarding for me either. <laughs> Anyways, I, I want to have some fun with you. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right. So we're going to ask you some silly questions, and all we want is to be for you to be honest with the question, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. First question, boxers or briefs, and why? Uh, uh, briefs. Briefs, because when I run, there's too much going on in it. it it's not a good look for anyone. Um, <laughs> briefs, you just feel feel much more sound. Yeah. I it, would say that, too. It's safer. Yes, a lot safer, especially when you shake and you're, you're rattling your roll. So, especially as a punter, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of a lot of leg swing going on there. It's it's, it's best to just have everything in, in the same spot. Favorite snack to eat before a game? Ooh, um, personally, I love I love jelly beans. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We have we have um, you know. We call them killer pythons over here. They're these big um, sort of lollies in the shape of a snake. Um, they're, they're good to have before a game. Um, and just a Gatorade. Yeah, I love Gatorade. That's about it. I'm a big jelly bean enthusiast, so I like it. I have the Jelly Belly collection box. I, <laughs> oh, I collect God. them all and sort the flavors. Jelly Belly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have all, all, the, all 50 Beautiful. different flavors or whatever they have. <laughs> What's so, your favorite yeah. flavor? What's your favorite flavor of your jelly beans? Um, I don't know what the flavor is. It's, it's blue and pink. I don't know what actual flavors are. They're just blueberry, uh, tutti frutti. I think tutti frutti. He knows them. Mm. I do. Look at that. I, I, it's one of my weird, crazy <laughs> things. Yes, I do. Isaac, you got a new buddy, man. You you guys can share jelly Excellent. bean thoughts. So, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll do international shipment of jelly beans. There you go. <laughs> we are talking yeah, to Texas so football punter recruit Isaac Pearson. Third question: Blondes mm-hmm. or brunettes? Um. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, tough one. Um, I, I know already know what you're going to say. You ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict you're going to say blondes. No, nah, no. Nah, look, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of blondes in Australia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. If, I, I think brunettes are a rare find here. So, um, yeah, I, I like brunettes. So, ladies, if you want to talk to Isaac, you got to be a brunette and you have to have blue eyes, okay? So, that's the way to talk to Isaac. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, th- here's a question. If, if you needed a weapon to smack somebody around with, okay, and you have three picks, okay, a fly swatter, a baseball bat, or a hammer, okay, and you, you can't hurt somebody. You, you got you to figure out a way to uh, dish out the pain but not try to hurt them too completely. And th- this guy right over here needs a little bit of a beating, okay? No, I, if you're going to threaten me, you can poison me with a jelly bean. I poison you with a jelly bean? <laughs> That's what Isaac would do. I don't know if that's what Joe. See, we need creative manners. If you're if you're going to threaten me, mm. we need creative manners to do. Oh it. yeah. So what 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 would be a good creative manner for Isaac to do to you? I, what I explained: poison me with a jelly. Bean. That's not creative. That, <laughs> there's nothing creative. About that. Did any of our guests bring up a jelly bean? Um. What are you going to choke on it? <laughs> I said poison, not choke. I would say choke if I if see what I deal with, Isaac. You see what I deal with? Hey, I mean, seriously, wait, uh, creativity for somebody who actually like is enthusiast of jelly. <laughs> no, no, he's the one. He's the one that just wants to, to have all the guests have a uh, a purge against me. <laughs> well, Isaac, we're, what we're doing what? is we're we're doing a TikTok competition with some of the recruits that we have that we've had on our show. Uh, we have we've mm-hmm. had, we've interviewed uh, possibly. 
Top 50 of the 100 best recruits, college recruits that are going into college this year to playing Division One football. And I would love to get you guys involved with this TikTok. You, you will win uh, you will win an award after it. We, we're going to do like a dance off. We're going to pick three songs, or you guys are going to pick three songs. And you're going to dance off a particular, you know, person. We might put put you against another punter, um, another kicker. We're gonna we're gonna find somebody that will match off with you in the first round. And if you you pass slowly but surely, we'll get you. You know, we'll see who gets to the finals, and you you'll have the opportunity to win. Uh, maybe uh, a year's worth of supply of jelly beans. We have, we have a whole punter's bracket. We got him and uh, Connor Allen, the Wisconsin punter. Yes, so we have Connor we, Allen, we too. Have, we have the punters at <laughs> the brackets. That's right. So uh, we would love to get you involved if you're interested. Are you a dancer? Oof. Um, honestly, I don't think I've had a proper dance since since Nashville, so I might have to pass up on that one. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> have a heart. I mean, this is, we'll have fans vote. I mean, you're... Oh. You'll build a you'll build a huge fan base through this. I guarantee you. We'll have some fun with it, and and we'll even pick some country music because you love your country. Maybe you'll do some clogging or something. <laughs> it'd be it'd be more likely to turn off any fan base. That I'm oh, stop, so <laughs> Isaac! There are a lot worse dancers than you are, man. I'm I'm sure of it. And if you dance to country music, Texas will appreciate you anyway. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely, especially those Tennessee uh, beautiful women. I guarantee you, you can dance, you can hobble around. If you're dancing, you're moving, they're going to love you. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I was in Tennessee uh, a couple of years ago for the NFL draft. It is beautiful over there. Mm. It is beautiful over there. It is gorgeous. Yes. So uh, it's definitely something to uh, definitely check out. Isaac, before we let you go, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media? Um, Crikey. I can't think of my Twitter handle. Um. I think it's Isaac underscore Pearson 23. Um, and my Instagram is just Isaac underscore Pearson. Um, I don't post a whole lot of uh, useful stuff. It's mostly, <laughs> mostly just useless information. Um, talk a lot about, you know, football and punting. So if you love that, you know, get around me. Um, but, yeah, it's... Cronky, you know, Cronky. How, how do you pronounce that? Cronky? Uh, how do you pronounce that? Is it Cranky or Cronky? Cronky. Cronk? What? I don't know. You you say cranky. I I, I said can't... get what, what, get around me. No no no. You use the word. There's an Australian word that you used. Uh, cranky or cranky or what, what? What's the word? Oh, crocky. Crocky. What does that mean? Crocky. Yeah. Um. I don't even know what it means. Actually, Steve <laughs> used to say it all the time. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's part of the the lingo here. Like when you're amazed, you're like, oh, crocky. Like um. I love it, man. It's, You're yeah, going to have to teach me. You're going to have to teach me. It's a word for any occasion. You know, I, I, I love Australian accents. So uh, I, you, you can use all the words you want, even if you don't understand them. So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Good to know. Thank you. I, I would love to get you on the show again, especially when the football season starts. If there is going to be a football season, I mean, uh, we're, we're hearing that the Big Ten, there's a petition coming out uh, that the Big Ten wants to bring back. Justin Fields has come out and said – that he wants a season that the players should choose to have a season, not mm-hmm. not the uh, divisions and and the the lingo of the schools. They they think that the players should decide if there should be a season or not. So, uh, do you agree with Justin? Um, yeah, yeah, I think I do. It's again, it's it's, it's a bit of a silly one. They can't have a season, but you know, classes are going back on campus. It's you know they're. they're the, the situation in the States is something I'm not um, not across. 
it's just obviously I'd like to see football happen, but if that uh, can't happen safely, then there's you know there's really no point risking it. Um, I'd rather everything just get you know squared away safely and then mm. play football when when the time's appropriate. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, if if there's a way to do it safely, I'm all for it. Oh, well, I, I can't wait until the season, if there is a football season. Nothing is better than college football. I don't care what NFL players say. Mm. Nothing is better than the speed and the, and the fun to watch. You get to watch some of these kids develop and, and, and really become NFL players. I'm looking forward to watching you punt the ball and uh, hopefully in the near future play in the NFL. But uh, we would love to get you back on uh, if the season starts. If you're willing to come back on, we would love to get you on. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Isaac, thank you. Thank you for your time. Welcome. Absolutely. As you guys know, we were just talking to Texas football punter recruit Isaac Pearson. Nice kid. Really, Mm -hmm. really nice kid. Um, I know he was in a rush. He had another meeting. But kid's great. He really is. And he's, uh, I believe, the confidence level and his accent is awesome. I mean, (laughs) how could you beat that accent? I mean, Australian accent. Nothing is better than an Australian accent or English accent. I love those accents. But when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, there was something very interesting that happened to me on Sunday. And it wasn't that it happened to me. It happened to one of our radio shows, Weapons Hot. And there was a particular person that came on their show and said some derogatory things about his football team. And I've got a lot to say about that when we come back on Down to the Wire. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Edward Lehman has been a trusted insurance advisor for over 16 years with insurance solutions for auto, home, commercial, life, and retirement. He's located at 54 Sunnyside Boulevard, Suite H in Plainview. That's just 1,000 feet south of 495. Local agent, local advice. The time to think about insurance is before you need it. So do yourself a favor, and before you pay your next insurance bill, give Ed and his team a call, 516-935-3900, or visit them online at www.allstate.com forward slash EL. Edward H. Lehman Insurance is your trusted insurance advisor. Hi, this is Terry Crews. Actor, former football player, game show host, father of five, and all-around big dude. I'm also an expert on drama. I know all kinds of drama. There's the good kind that comes with having a house full of kids. There's the bad kind like season-ending injuries. There's the necessary kind like having an agent in Hollywood. And there's silly drama like the drama around my percolating pectorals. And then there's the drama you can skip. Skip the drama that comes with not having your high school diploma or equivalency. Find free adult education classes near you and finish your high school diploma. Visit finishyourdiploma.org. Or text DIPLOMA to 97779. Message and data rates may apply. Reply STOP to opt out. That's DIPLOMA to 97779. And leave the drama to actors like me. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ed Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you, A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. 
Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. This is you over 30 years ago. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this is your mom when you drive her back from therapy. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. AARP gives you the information to help care for your mom so that you can have patience with her just like she did with you. Visit aarp.org caregiving or call 1-877-333-5885 to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one. Are we there yet? Remember... Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. AARP. We help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're listening to Down to the Wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. As you guys know, this is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday and Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. You can call us at 631-965-4990. And remember, download our app, ladies and gentlemen, by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, 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 well. I want to shout out. I want to give a shout out to Isaac Pearson for joining us. Great, great interview. Great kid. Looking forward to seeing a season if there's going to be a season. But I was watching one of our shows yesterday, and I was absolutely appalled by some of the garbage I was listening to on Weapons Hot. And it wasn't because of CJ and Kevin. It was because of this particular guy named John. And I've got a couple of clips for all the fans to listen to because I got something to say to this kid. I have no ill will towards the New York Jets. I want them to give me something positive to go on. And the things that I'm looking at go beyond star players than just Jamal Adams. See, now this isn't just his comments here now. And I'm not even close to the team. And I've said everything that Jamal Adams said a week before he said them. Because I'm getting bad vibes from the coaching staff, from the front office, from them not building up this defense, for them not building up this offense. They got a franchise quarterback that they don't put players around. And I'm wondering what the hell are they doing? And then it gets deeper, though, than just Jamal Adams. It gets to C.J. Mosley. Now, here's another rumor that's going around. Last year, was he really hurt? Now he opts out. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't want anything to do with this train wreck. Then I look at Le'Veon Bell. 
Adam Gase said that he misused mm. Le'Veon Bell through the first half of last season. Mm. But guess what? He misused him through the entire season mm. and didn't even want him for the money that they paid him. And that's on record. I'm looking at all these star players leaving and I'm looking at Adam Gase and his crazy eyes. I'm looking at the ownership, Christopher Johnson, Joe Douglas in the front office. I'm looking at them and allowing a coach like this to take the helm here. We were just talking about free agents wanting to come to the Jets and being an enticing place to come. The things that Jamal Adams said when he left, I don't think that it can just go untouched. Adam Gase, letting other coaches handle player personnel issues. If a player's got a problem, he should feel like he should be able to go to his head coach, right? C.J. Mosley, the injury last year, was he really hurt? This year he opts all right. out. All Did right. he really want to part his training? All right, all right, all right. First of all, and I, I, need, I need some of that music, okay? Because this guy is a complete clown, Okay. And I just lower the music a little bit, Speedy. You don't have to put it all the way up so that nobody can hear what I have to say here. First of all, for the fact that he thinks that C.J. Mosley was not hurt last year is a complete, utter joke, okay? C.J. Mosley got hurt in the first game of the season. He hurt his hamstring or his quad, and he was out a significant amount of time. Now, he had one of the best games of the season for any defensive player. A matter of fact, he was defensive player of the week when he got hurt. Now, he came back in the middle of the season coming back from injury, and he still wasn't 100% healthy. Now, you're going to come out and say that he was not hurt, that he it was a train wreck, and that's why he didn't want to play for the team, and that's why he decided to opt out of this year's season because of COVID-19. How about this? And I, I don't know this guy, and he calls himself the gift. How about we call him the GIF? Because it's a complete joke. There should be a cartoon of this guy. A friggin' circus of this guy. He takes shots at people. Takes shots of his own team. Now shut the music off. Because I'm so disgusted from this. I, I, I can't sit here and listen to a bunch of Jet fans. And How about this? Football fans that think they know what they're talking about. First of all, do you work for the Jets organization? John, if you're listening, you can call the show right now, 631-965-4990. And I know you don't have the balls to call this show, because if you did, I tell you, you can't, you're not going to call me names like you were calling Kevin. And I'm surprised Kevin didn't jump right through the screen and rip your damn head off. You called them names? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to say it on, 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 national, on our digital platform. Who is this, this guy? I don't know. He, he calls himself The Gift. The Gift. The Gift that keeps on giving, let me tell you. Um... The fact that Adam Gase didn't want Le'Veon Bell has nothing to do with the way Le'Veon Bell played last year, okay? Le'Veon Bell had enough touches. They didn't have an offensive line. And so you're going to blame Adam Gase because Mike McCagnin didn't build an offensive line when they de- when Mike McCagnin decided to sign Le'Veon Bell. So that that is because of the New York Jets organization and Adam Gase. Now, Adam Gase is not the greatest coach. I will tell you that right now. He is one of the worst coaches we have seen in, in New York in, in New York Jets history. Really, New York Jets history. Because we haven't seen enough of him. Now, we don't know what he is. We don't know if he's another rich co-tite. We don't know if he's a, an Eric Mangini. He's a, a two-year-and-done type of coach. A three-year type of done, a done coach. We don't know what he is. But the fact that you're taking shots at a guy that, let's be honest, last year had Trevor Simeon's starting in one game because Sam Donald had mono, okay? And Sam Donald was out for four to five games last year. 
if you look at the Jets' defense, you're taking shots at the Jets that the Jets don't have any defense and that Jamal Adams was the savior of the New York Jets' defense last year. Jamal Adams wasn't even the best defensive player on the team the last 10 games of the season. He yeah. wasn't. Yeah, and again, it's it's still a good team defense. They lack the pass rush. We know that. But again, they have Quinn and Williams. Well, they had C.J. Mosley, but now he, obviously he's out. They still have Marcus May when he's healthy. They have enough talent. And remember, that secondary got bolstered up a lot. So Jamal Adams was saving a lot of bad corners last year, whereas in terms of this year, they might not need, need that kind of thing. And again, How was he saving them? The games that he the had. bad into- corners last year. <laughs> How did he save them? First of all, Marcus May was a better defensive player in the second half of the season than Jamal Adams was. If you look at Jamal's at Jamal Adams' interception ratio, look at the teams that he intercepted the ball against. Two of them was against the Giants. Intercepting right. the ball and ripping the ball out of the hands of Danny Dimes and running in for a touchdown, to me, wasn't a, a secluded or even top-of-the-line uh, interception because he practically fumbled and ripped the ball out of his hands. Now, here's okay. the other thing to look at, too, though. You have to keep in mind, because of the lack of pass rush, because Quinnen Williams was hurt, C.J. Mosley was obviously out the whole year. Avery he, Williamson. Avery Williamson, I was just going to say that. They had to use him more as a box safety in that time, though, too, where if they're using him more as a box safety, the corners get more exposed. Do you really think that Jamal Adams, because if Jamal Adams was on the team or wasn't on a team last year, that the Jets would be even be- any better than the, that they would have been? The Jets were going to be a bad team last year. They were not ready to win. They're not ready to win this year. Let's be honest. They're not. They're two, three players away from being a contender. Are they a borderline playoff team? We will have to see what this offensive line can do protecting Sam Donald. All in all, we don't know what the Jets are. We don't. And the fact that we have a guy who praises Tom Brady. This is a Jet fan. He was on a Jet show, weapons hot, okay, attacking the Jets organization. He attacked attacked, uh, Adam Gase. He attacked Joe Douglas. He attacked Woody Johnson, Chris Johnson, the Jets team, Greg Williams, Adam Gase. Who else did he attack? He attacked everybody, including CJ and Kevin. He attacked every single person, all the Jet fans, and even the Jet fans that would sit there and listen to the garbage that he was saying. And by the way, it was complete, utter garbage. You would have never known he was a Jets fan. (laughs) Know what he's a Jeff in. Uh, he praises Tom Brady. Why do you think it says, I'm Tom Brady's boy toy? Because that's the truth. That is the truth. I hate the guys that call themselves fans and they go on a radio show, me, 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 you know, going out there and talking about his team and talking about his team and said nothing good about his team. Nothing. There was nothing good that came out of his mouth and nothing naturally. First of all, Denzel Mims, Denzel Mims. Pulled his hamstring. So it's Denzel Mims' fault that is in and and the reason why Denzel Mims is not a first round draft pick. That's pretty much what he said. He said Denzel Mims is a guy that's going to be a bust and that his hamstring, the reason why he hurt his hamstring is because he doesn't want to play for the Jets and he's probably not going to make the team or he's not going to play this year. <laughs> what is even more ridiculous is you heard it, I don't know if you heard this later, He they were arguing that. Tyler Johnson, the receiver from Minnesota, was a fifth-round pick. Nice player, but not near what Denzel Mims is. He thinks he's going to be a better player than Denzel Mims by far. <laughs> Tyler uh, Johnson. Uh, how about you, Mark? Because you're sitting there and you're, you're a Jet fan. 
I, I, I know you didn't listen to it yesterday, but I, I'm pretty damn disgusted about it. CJ told me, uh, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm sitting right over here, and I'm telling you right now, if this guy has the balls, the gift, has the balls to call this show, please call the show, 631-965-4990. I would love for you to call the show, because if you call me the names that you call, Kevin, you see this pen right here? I'll shove it in and surge it where the sun doesn't shine. But... What, what did you I, – I don't know if you heard that clip because I got a couple more clips that I think you should listen to. Uh, what did you think about the whole C.J. Mosley thing that he said? Well, I mean, C.J. Mosley was obviously hurt last year, and when he did play, the one, what, the three quarters that he played, he made a huge difference and almost carried them to a victory by himself. That's, a, that's the hardest thing about him not playing now. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with somebody being dissatisfied with the team, but when you start – if you're starting to attack the people who are having you on, if you're starting to insult the people that you know had you as a guest, that is probably the most disrespectful thing you could do. I know CJ, I know uh, Kevin, I know Dan. it's insulting. Yeah, he insulted absolutely. them, and, and 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 what really bothers me about the whole big picture—they're they're great guys. Uh, and Kevin great it has guys. nothing to do with being great. It, it, it has something to do with what you know what you're talking about. Give me another clip. Put on another clip because it—it's it, just a joke, an absolute joke. Come on, Speedy, let's go. Stayed. Greg Williams deserves a lot more credit than he's given. And here's the kicker. The Jets already have the hardest part figured out. You guys got your franchise quarterback. Sam Darnold is a legit franchise quarterback. You yeah. don't even need a great offensive line for him to be successful. But the best they can right. do is Denzel Mims. But and you I'm don't need an offensive line. excited about that? Hold on, hold on. Pause that, pause that, Speedy. You don't need an offensive line, a good offensive line, for a quarterback to be good. Hmm. Really. Now, I don't know what football you watch, but offensive line is probably the most important, you know, most important decorated part of playing football as far as a quarterback is concerned. And Sam Donald hasn't had an offensive line since he's come into the league. He's been hit more. He's, he's hit last year. He was hit third most in the NFL. The year before, he was hit second most in the NFL. And he missed four games his first year and five games his second year for Mono. So let me ask you this question. Mark, mm-hmm. is the offensive line an important uh, thing to have for a quarterback? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? Just a little How about bit. for a running back? Do you think it helps for a good running back that can run up the seams? Just a little bit. Just unless, a little unless bit. Unless you're Barry Sanders. So the gift that he calls himself, or the, gift. the gift that keeps on giving. I think that's the biggest problem that uh, I have. Well, I, I don't know what, who gave him the name the gift because I, I, I call him the GIF because I, I would take that face or take this clown outfit <laughs> and use it as a GIF because the guy is a complete <laughs> joke. He's a complete joke. I, I can't sit here and listen to a, a Jet fan to take shots at C.J. Mosley. You don't know C.J. Mosley. Uh, you, you take shots that you don't need an offensive line for a quarterback, for yeah, a quarterback to be I, good. I don't get that at all. Come on, Speedy. Give me another. Give me another clip. Come on. Give me another clip. There's another one on Mosley. C.J. Mosley didn't play last season. Because he didn't want to play for your franchise. What? He had a yeah. Injury. He didn't he want to play? He faked it. He faked it. He faked it. He faked it. Mosley was the one that quitted on the Jets last year. He quitted? He was the one that opted out this year. And you guys blame me. Like, CJ Mosley was the one that did this. And, like, you're telling me that I'm the one that's wrong? He quit it, Errol. CJ Mosley quit. No, he didn't. He quitted. Le'Veon Bell quitted. Here's the person that quitted that you were sticking up for the whole night. Jamal Adams. That's the guy that quitted on the Jets. He quit on the Jets two years ago. No. Quitted because you know what? It's been two years. <laughs> he quitted 
on the Jets for two years. And this is a guy that's been pushing to go to the Cowboys for the last two seasons. And then all of a sudden, in the offseason, who he loved Adam Gase, absolutely adored Adam Gase, all of a sudden, this offseason, takes shots at the Adam Gase signing, thinking that Adam Gase isn't the guy that's going to lead this team. Joe Douglas is a joke, even though Joe Douglas had one of the best drafts this year. Um, he was, I think, uh, fifth or fourth ranking yeah. on a lot of polls, that he, the way he drafted. Um, he took shots at Greg Williams when the Jets defense in the second half of the season was one of one of the top 10 defenses in the league when they had all secondary players, all backup players playing at their positions. No Avery Williamson, no C.J. Mosley. What the hell is this guy talking about? What is he talking? He is a complete clown. A clown. Why would anybody watch this guy's YouTube? Why would anybody watch it? And I'm telling you right now, John, you can call this show right now. I would love for you to call this show because I would love to get you in the studio because you know what I'd be throwing? I'd be throwing darts at you because you have no idea what you're talking about. The New York Jets organization is not a joke anymore. They're trying to rebuild. Now, I don't know about the Johnson family. I don't know if Woody Johnson did what uh, what everybody claims he did with the racist remarks and the sexist remarks. We don't know if that's true. It still hasn't come out to be true. But you know what? It's really, really funny. The whole time for that whole show, weapons hot. All you kept doing was taking shots at the Jets, and you were praising Jamal Adams. The same Jamal Adams that was demanding a trade and then said after he was traded that he cried for happiness when the Seattle Seahawks traded for him. He cried for happiness and then wrote a letter to the New York Jets fans and the organization that he'll always be a Jet. And he loved the organization. He loved what the Jet fans did for him. Mm. Meanwhile, you turn your back on the Jet fan, you damn piece of crap. That's what I'm going to say. And and I'm not going to say I was about to curse on the show, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But I, I'll tell you this, John, you, you, you like to curse. You like to say what you like to say. And you like to speak what you speak. Well, how about this? Why don't you know what you're talking about? First of all, you need an offensive line to survive as a quarterback in the NFL. That's a fact. C.J. Mosley absolutely was hurt last year. He didn't decide to sit out because he hates the organization. He just got $86 million, you dumb idiot. Every single thing that that kid said was a crock of you-know-what. A joke. He was a joke. He is a clown. A clown. And I can't sit here and listen to sports radio listening to clowns on the radio. And I listen to a lot of clowns. Let me tell you. There are a lot of clowns. But that guy, the gift, whatever he calls himself. And by the way, I'm reading. Someone get him on the show. Uh, I feel like I'm listening to myself or whatever. Kevin. And Kevin, uh, Kevin, by the way, shout out to Kevin. Shout out to CJ. Um, uh, CJ, he wanted to bring in a good guest. I, I guess CJ thought that he would going to give them good opinions about the New York Jets organization. But instead, he threw the Jets under the bus. And this is a guy, I I don't know if he's trying to gain fans because, what does he have, 19 subscribers to his YouTube or whatever he's got? Nobody's going to listen to that garbage. Nobody. I wouldn't listen to that garbage. And I wouldn't even waste my time. And if he has the nerve... The nerve to take shots at any one of our shows or take shots at any of the guys on our shows. Well, then have the nerve to know what you're talking about before you speak. You don't know what you're talking about. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. What are you on, drugs? I, I know you think he is. I know you think he is. Absolutely. But in my eyes, he's not. But at least that's semi-reasonable. Not like the other things he was saying. Jeez. Well, he's a Tom Brady lover. Of course he think that. I mean, Listen. I, I don't know him personally. I don't know him. I, I, maybe his mom dropped him on his head. I, I, I don't know. Um, 
to say that he's a Jet fan is a joke. Maybe he's a Giant fan. Maybe he's a maybe he's a Buffalo Bills fan. I, I don't know because he wasn't a Jet fan yesterday. You don't call a radio show. You don't get on as a guest on a radio show and and pretty much throw the two hosts right, under the bus. That's the worst. That's the absolute worst. Is that all you're going to say? That's the absolute worst. It wouldn't be. It, well, I know CJ. I know Kevin. To have for them to have him on and for it's one thing to come on and try to be a tough guy and try to say things to. You know, draw attention to yourself, I guess, which is a desperate plea for getting uh, getting followers. But if you don't have any, I didn't hear any numbers come out of his mouth. I didn't hear any reason come out of his mouth. I just heard opinion based on arrogance and stupidity. No, arrogance is the word. Right. Yeah. Stupidity. The guy's a dope. I, I mean, maybe I, I'm serious. I think that his mom dropped him on his head. Because anybody that calls himself the gift and he says he has a jet show or whatever, or a sports show, mm. and people want to listen to that, saying that C.J. Mosley didn't want to play yeah. for the Jets, that's why he faked his injury. By the way, I'm going to get Eric Coleman on the show yeah. uh, next on Saturday because I have a show on 103.9 with Eric Coleman, and I'm going to bring that up to him. I would love to hear what Eric Coleman has to say because <laughs> he knows C.J. Mosley. He's a good friend of C.J. Mosley. I would love to hear what he's going to say about what the gift says because – to me, it's clown. It's it's clown work. It's it's absolute. It's, it's a joke. It's a circus. But didn't you see they were six and two in the second half of the season? They had the best record in the AFC East. You know, Buffalo and New England were both four and four. So, or yeah, I mean, Miami, Miami too had a better season than people thought. So it's not like the Jets were playing nobodies. The second half of the season too, combined with what they had in the beginning, they had the second best run defense in the league as well. Mm-hmm. With with not a lot in the front seven. That's yeah, what and their whole secondary, their so secondary was decimated. Uh, their offensive line never was good. I mean, Darnell was pretty much running for his life, so he got what he wants. I mean, they don't really have much of an offensive line. But if he can't see what Douglas has done, if he can't see the patience he's using, which the other GMs did not do, which the, the whole Jet organization has pretty much failed at. And this guy's come in, and he's taken pretty much control. And he said, this is the way we're going to build this team. It might take a little bit longer, but we're going to do it the way I know how to do it, which has won him in the places where he's been at. So we have a guy that knows how to win, has a proven track record, and that's what like a level of comfort Jet fans don't really but have. But that, that's not even my argument here. Why would somebody come out on another radio show? It's not his radio show. And he's he's there to, you know, to give the Jet fans another outlook to where their team is going. And all he said was negative things. There was nothing. Feel that way, yeah. There was no... It doesn't matter what Jet fans think, Mark. You're a Jet fan. I'm a Jet fan. Mm-hmm. He's a Giant fan. I, 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 I am an honest Jet fan. I have always been an honest Jet fan on our radio shows. And, and I, do I think the Jets are a Super Bowl contender? They're not. But they're not as bad as he made them out to be. He's telling me that the Jets have nobody. Jamal Adams was the only defensive player they had. C.J. Mosley, pro ball player. Avery Williamson was a borderline pro ball player before he got hurt the year before. I, I mean, go look at look at the players that they brought into the team so mm-hmm. far. Quinn, Quinn, Quinn Williams was d- double team more than any right. defensive lineman in football last mm-hmm. year. Okay, so all the he's different only in his things. Second year too. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. And I'm sure and he's it, the same guy who was raving about him in the, at the draft time. Le'Veon Bell, he <laughs> praises Le'Veon Bell. Meanwhile, the Jets didn't even have an offensive line, but he claims that you don't need an offensive line for a quarterback to be good. Mm. What are you, nuts? What are you, on drugs? The perfect I mean, example of that, if you want to say they don't need offensive line, they just need the skill players. Go watch the Cleveland Browns last year. <laughs> All the skill players in the world, nothing offensive line. Well, I, I know everybody keeps asking me to play Eric Coleman. I will play the clip. I have not done, I haven't really cut out Eric Coleman's, Eric Coleman's clip. Um, when we have the show on Saturday, I will make sure I cut the clip out for Monday for everybody to hear 
what Eric Coleman has to say about the gift. Mm-hmm. But what I do know about this kid is that the kid should never be on another radio show again, not on any of our radio shows again. And if he does come on a radio show, maybe CJ should bring him on, or maybe you should just call this show and have the balls to call the show because I'm not going to sit back and, and listen to the, gar- the garbage that comes out of this you, guy's You actually mouth. texted me and said, I can't believe this guy's saying this stuff on the, on the radio. Who? You did. Uh, yeah, well, I, I did. I texted you. Yeah. I... I when I listen to somebody, if you know what you're talking about, I will respect you. Mm-hmm. When you come out and say outlandish things on somebody else's radio show and say things, but give me some other clips. Give me uh, another all one. the ones I had. That's it. That was <laughs> all all the other one I that I told clips. you to hang up. I had four clips. Yeah. How about the other one that I told you to just hang up on? Oh, the, that was the free the, agents yeah. one. Give me give me the we one. We were just talking about free agents. Move move forward. Move forward Jackson. a little bit. Did he really want a part of this train wreck? I also question. Move forward again. Johnson, I think that's where we stopped. CEO. Okay. Joe Douglas, the GM, for bringing talent into the Jets and making it possible for other free agents to want to come here. I just look at all the star talent that's left the Jets. C.J. Mosley doesn't want nothing to do with this. Come on. Jamal Adams, gone. Demario Davis, wasn't that long that he was Demario Davis was a long time ago. Williams, they wasted picks on, too, because they thought that they were going to be Aaron Donald. Quinn Williams, they wasted a pick? completely wrong about that. So now that I've laid that out, why should any free agent want to come to the New York Jets? How about about you go to a tailgate and have all the Jet fans lay you out? Hmm. Because uh, you can lay anything out. You can lay anything down. Every single thing that you said has no consistency on what you were saying. Nothing. Nothing. Quinn Williams is a bust because they thought he was another Aaron Donald. Quinn Williams was double and triple teamed last year more than any player. And then he's going to say, well, he's not Aaron Donald. Nobody said he was Aaron Donald. Nobody said he was Aaron Donald. But he's, he's been in the league for a year. But he's, he's not Dwayne Robertson. You know, I think that's what he's trying to get. It's a joke. To. It's an absolute joke. He's a joke. Why would you go on a show and attack? And, and, and by the way, shout out to all the Jeff fans actually sat there and listened to that garbage. Because I sat there and, and, and me... Brittany, we were sitting there. We were listening to the whole thing. I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop laughing because every single thing. And then Kevin got Kevin. I, I give Kevin a lot of credit because he sat there. He was very calm about it. But the things that he was taking shots at Kevin and and, and after before he got thrown off by CJ, the things. Off? Oh, he, what he said? Yeah, he attacked Kevin. What he, he said? What he said to Kevin? He called him a nasty word. Oh my god! He called him a nasty word. Okay, I'm not going to say it on our show. All right. Because it, to me, it's a joke. As a guest, he, he came on and he said that to Kevin. Yeah, he to Kevin. took a shot at Kevin. Unbelievable. He took a shot at Kevin. And you want to know something? It, it, to me, Kevin's a 240-pound guy. Yeah. That would probably, if he ever met the guy, would smack him silly. Mm-hmm. And I would smack him silly too because to listen to the garbage in the, the – the, 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 I don't know what you call it. it horse shit. How's that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to curse. Horse shit. It was just complete – Utter garbage. I can't even I can't even tell you how disgusted I was after listening to the show. And then I got CJ and Kevin on the show after the show and we were laughing about it. They would after I got off the phone with them, I was I actually I actually had to listen to the show again mm. to really just even get even more upset about what he was saying. Why would you go on another show? And then you were praising the New England Patriots. And then Kevin says, you know, it wasn't all Tom Brady. It was also Bill Belichick. And he says, oh, so you're going to give Bill Belichick all the, comp- all the, all the credit. Are you kidding me? So can, I, can I do a reenactment kind of a, of his voice? Well, you know what? Because I'd like to take a shot at All right, it. go ahead. You do that because we're going to have CJ come on the show before we, um, before we go to break. So we all know that Jamal, uh, CJ Mosley quit on the Jets last year. I mean, it, it sounds like an elitist 
politician. That no. it, it's just awful. Anyways, why don't we get CJ on the phone? CJ, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? First off, I want to say thank you for uh, for doing this little spot from last night's episode of Weapons Hot, and I, I, I really appreciate you guys giving your your thoughts on what uh, Mr. Gifford brought to the table the last night. Yes, the gift. And it, as you know, Errol, it, it really took a lot for me to contain the language that I really wanted to bestow mm. upon him. Mm. It took a lot mm. for me to restrain myself. And I basically had it, the, the, him actually insulting my, my co-host was pretty much the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And that's where I, that's where I finally had realized after giving John multiple opportunities to bring some kind of substance <laughs> where he really just did not. He just said that the Jets had the worst linebacking group in football. <laughs> we have nobody on defense. He defended Jamal Adams all night. He said that the Jets are a toxic organization, blase, blase. And he really has such a myopic view of the team. Love that word. And exactly what the vision that Joe Douglas is trying to build here with the New York Jets. I mean, look, we we know that the New York Jets have been a struggling franchise for a very long time. We have had some periods where we have had some monicum of success and, and um, respectability. However, because they have been few and far between the rest of the NFL just continues to make fun of us because we're easy targets, because it's the Jets, okay? I made statements on my show last night where I said the New York Jets for a little while was the old-age retirement home for the NFL, for the mm-hmm. players on the downslope of our career, for, uh, uh, on their career. Why? Because Woody Johnson and whoever the, whoever the Jets GM at the moment was, was there with the checkbook to write whatever the number that the player wanted, and they came in and they loafed it. They collected their checks and nobody on the waves was the wiser. Mm-hmm. But Jet fans continued to suffer because the team underperformed. The team did not live up to expectations. They fired off all this hype about, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to build a new culture. And it was the same old Jets. Right. So now for the first time going into this offseason, yes, the Jamal Adams saga, which now happily has ended, did kind of throw some cold water on a little bit of Joe Douglas's progress. But for John to say that Denzel Mims was trash and that Tyler Johnston, who's a fifth round pick <laughs> yeah, right. was, was, was better, was a joke. I'm sorry. That, uh, you know, that was a joke. Okay. His statements about Avery Williamson, despite the fact that he's injured, he's still mm-hmm. Avery Williamson is still a green light for week one. He's come out and said, I will be there week right, one. Right. Okay. So he's, he's ready to go. And as far as the Jets linebacking core, we probably have one of the deepest linebacking cores in the NFL because he didn't want to acknowledge Terrell Basham. He didn't want to acknowledge Blake Cashman. He didn't want to acknowledge Patrick Owanatsor, who we we signed in the offseason. He didn't want to acknowledge, you know, a lot of Neville Hewitt, okay, Jordan Jenkins, Mm -hmm. and and a lot of other players who, despite not having C.J. Mosley, the Mm -hmm. Jets linebacking core is probably one of one of many linebacking cores in the NFL that could still be considered respectable mm-hmm. in NFL circles. Absolutely. Now, 
You mentioned, you know, and, and, and as far as the, as far as the, the the defensive line is concerned, I know Mark, you're trying to chime in for a second. I promise, I'll, no, make, this point, uh, I'll make this point short. Um, for for him to discount Steve McClendon, Quinnen Williams, mm-hmm. okay, but Foley Fatukasi, who is just an absolute beast, Kyle Phillips, who came onto the scene, Nathan Shepard, okay, Henry Anderson, uh, you know, draft picks that we brought in like Jabari Zuniga. For him to just, just like dismiss it, like they're just, it, it, it's just trash, it's just completely comical at best. And I actually question his fandom as a New York Jets fan and how he could have the audacity to come on my show, let alone have a football podcast at all, <laughs> where he proclaims himself to be a New York Jets fan, yet trash the organization the way he did on my show last night. Gentlemen, I really would like to hear what you think about what I've just laid before you. Go ahead, Mark. Well, I, I think you know, a Wanderer is a great pickup. I mean, he was a guy who replaced Mosley in Baltimore. There were all those sorts of guys that um, we've been able to pick up in this offseason. And just the job that they did last year, replacing guys and not really losing, being able to go 6-2 and two in the second half. But I, I want to know, CJ, what was this guy's credentials? Uh, really, to be honest with you, what kind of struck my eye about John was he had put out a couple of what I thought were controversial, uh, controversial videos in regards to the New York Jets and the New York Jets organization. And I find them, I, I find, I found them to be very fascinating because initially I thought maybe he's just another negative fan who just has a podcast or has a, has a vlog. Mm-hmm. And maybe he just needs to come on a show mm-hmm. with two respectable, two two very respectable Jet fans mm-hmm. who, between the two of us, are over eighty years of fandom. <laughs> okay, to kind of talk him off of the ledge, so to speak, <laughs> to say like, "Look, it's not all doom and gloom in the New York Jets organization. We are the arrow is in fact still pointing up. Yes, there is life after Jamal Adams, mm-hmm. and even though C.J. Mosley opted out this year because of COVID nineteen we still can have a dominant defense in the NFL. So there are things to look forward to on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was kind of the intention of bringing him on was I wanted, I was very curious to get his takes. And it just seemed like that he just decided to take that platform to just kind of thrust his initiative to the forefront. And he's a nothing clown. that Kevin because and I said mattered. Because he's a clown. That's that's what you see right now. If you see him right behind the nice green screen right behind us, I'm a Tom Brady boy toy because that's what he is. He's a compl- he's a complete utter clown. That's what he was. Every single thing that he said on your show yesterday was a joke. I couldn't stop laughing. It was a joke. He didn't say one good thing about the organization. And Joe Douglas, who had one of the best drafts this year, he took shots at every single draft pick that he made. Including Beckham, who who he says that yep. we don't even know what Makai Beckham is. Okay, so we don't know what any of these guys are because they haven't stepped on a football field. So it makes you know more than anybody else does. First of all, this kid, to me, I don't know how old this guy is. I don't know who he is or who he thinks he is. To me, I don't think anybody would actually be even respectable enough to watch his, his podcast or watch his YouTube well, he, he, subscribing or whatever he, the heck he does. He, 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 he actually has 76 subscribers, believe it or Woo, not, which 76. I was kind of shocked. 
76? Are you yeah. sure it's not his family? Because it wouldn't be me. I'm not going to subscribe to him. I, I bet you his mom, his mom probably has like six or seven different names to subscribe to, to his stupid YouTube. I would never sit and listen to that garbage. A matter of fact, after the show, I was looking for his, uh, his the gift on YouTube. I couldn't find it. And you want to know something? I wouldn't even waste my time watching it and give him a view. Because to me, it was garbage. Everything that he said yesterday, I think he was trying to draw fans or trying to make people hate him so he could be the bad guy. But the truth is, when you praise Tom Brady on a Jets radio show, that is despicable. You cannot praise Tom Brady on yeah, a New York right Jets show. You cannot you're not do that. Gonna, you're not going to get an argument out of me with that. And just the fact that he kind of went after Kevin about saying that Sam Darnold does in fact have the, have the potential to be just as good as Tom Brady. And he completely lost it and was like, how dare you talk about, how dare you mention Tom Brady and Sam Darnold in the same sentence. And then on top of it, he followed that idiocracy up by saying that. So you think that Bill Belichick is responsible for Tom Brady's success? Short answer. Yeah, he is, because Tom Brady in any other offensive system that does not suit what he likes to do is not the Tom Brady that we all know. Plus, on top of it, the Patriots had to cheat to win how many Super Bowls? Two. So just, just, a, just a little bit of uh, you know, fodder to, th- to throw out there for people to digest, like, you know, especially when they want to talk about Tom Brady being the best of all time. Yes, he may very well be. He, he may very well go down as the best the best quarterback that ever played the game. He'll never with win with Tampa. Manning. He will never win with Tampa. I'm telling you guys right now. You, you hear me now <laughs> on this. They're not winning in Tampa. So anybody that thinks that Tom Brady with that team is going to win a Super Bowl, first of all, they're in a, he's in the NFC. It's going to be harder for him to go to the Super Bowl. This isn't the AFC anymore when you only have to go through one or two teams to get to the Super Bowl. And you're not going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which you've done in New England year in and year out. I guarantee you right. it's going to be a lot harder for Tom Brady to go to the Super Bowl. I don't care how talented his offense is. We don't know what this team is going to do. And he's not. he doesn't have Bill Belichick. He doesn't have the same offense. He's running through Bruce Arians' offense. It's a completely different offense than Bill Belichick. Completely different. Mm -hmm. So anybody that thinks that this is going to be easy for Tom Brady in the NFC, good luck. I am telling you, good luck. It's not going to be that easy. And And when the gift keeps saying that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, let's go back and let's just look at some of the quarterbacks that played when the game was completely different. If Tom Brady, if Joe Montana played in the time of football now, I guarantee you'd have Tom Brady numbers, okay? So I am so tired of listening to all the... And I'm not saying Tom Brady isn't one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, because then I would be a lie, and and then people would say, what are you talking about? Tom Brady is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But when you go on Weapons Hot, you go on a Jets radio show or a, a New York radio station... And you take a shot at your Jets, your Jets, because you're you're a Jet fan. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden say, well, uh, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. So nobody put Sam Donald in the same discussion as Tom Brady. Well, then you have no reason or no, 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 you shouldn't have any audacity to even talk sports on a radio station. I just, I just, I, 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 I've just completely appalled 
by every single thing that he said um, yesterday on your radio show. I was disgusted. I told you I was going to do something. And I hope he listens to this. And I, I'm going to have Speedy cut it out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send it to him. I'm going to send it to him on his Facebook. I'm not his friend on Facebook. I'll send it to you so you can send it to him. He is a clown. Mm-hmm. And I, you can oh, tell I that. actually sent him a link to the show for, <laughs> for tonight via Facebook Messenger. Good. So hopefully wherever he is, he will actually catch the, the John, the, you're a clown. You're a clown. You don't belong. You don't be. You don't deserve to be a Jet fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd rather. I'd rather you become a Patriot fan. Who, by the way, will never win a Super Bowl again. Okay. They will never win a Super Bowl again, even with Cam Newton, who's one of my favorite players. Okay. So you could say whatever you want about your great Tom Brady. Let's see what Tom Brady does in the NFC this year. Let's see what happens, and then we can talk. The greatest quarterback of all time. Give me a break. And Bill Belichick wasn't one of the reasons why he won all those Super Bowls. What are you ta- What are you smoking? The offensive line is not important for the quarterback. You must be smoking something. Whatever ganja you're smoking, please, wherever you're from, Florida, New Jersey, Spain, I don't care where you're from, bring it over here. I need some. Because whatever you're drinking, you're smoking. <laughs> it's got to be something. I don't know. CJ, thank you for calling, man. Thank you, CJ. Uh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you guys. Much love. Uh, same here, my friend. CJ Desimone, weapons hot. I had to do this. That kid, John, is a friggin' clown. A clown. And I, I just, I had to do this. I had to do this. I want him to see this. I want him to know that every single Jet fan that actually listened to that garbage that came out of his mouth, the spew that came out of his mouth yesterday... Everybody's going to see this. I'm going to take a picture of this with me in the front with Speedy, and we're going to post it all over social media just for you to dance around in your circus of crap. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to Boston College offensive lineman recruit Ilya Krajicic. Is that right? Krajicic. Krajicic. You're supposed to sound this out for me. I wrote it for you. But yeah, I mean, you, you, you sounded out did like... Did you give him a phonetic spelling, though, at least? I did. Okay, well I said then... Yeah. Krinovich. You, you can look at the notepad, Mark. Ilya Krinovich, here on Down to the Wire. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to, to Down, Down to, to the, the wire. wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Six three one nine six five four nine nine zero. This is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday and Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. New York Eastern Time. Remember, go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on the iOS, Apple, WWSRN, or go to Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Well, we had a great interview with Isaac Pearson, the Longhorns recruit. Then we talked about a complete idiot, uh, the gift, whatever we call him. I don't know, John Gilfork, whatever his name is. But we have our second guest of the show. I was very intrigued uh, getting him on. We are now talking to Boston College offensive lineman Ilya Krinovich. What's up, Ilya? Hi, how are you doing? We are good, my friend. How are you? How are you and your family doing with this pandemic? I'm doing really good. I'm here. I'm G. We're getting ready for season. So, yeah. Everything is good. My family is good back home. Uh, in this time, it's important to, to be healthy, to stay safe, and that's it. What is it like being recruited by a Division One school like Boston College, a, a team that uh, is known uh, for their offensive linemen and their linebackers? 
What is it like being recruited and getting a full scholarship to go to one of the, the prestige Division One schools? Being recruited by that school um, is, a, is a really is a huge thing for me because I came to the United States uh, in January. So after like five months, I got a full scholarship at a Division One school. And uh, yeah, so Boston College is a great place. And uh, I really think that I could, I could go to NFL uh, after, the, after that college. Uh, the thing I want to say... Uh, is to thank the coach Matt Applebaum and the coach Halfley again if they're listening to this uh, because without them because uh, without their t- their like time uh, talking with me and stuff this wouldn't happen so thank you again coaches if you're listening we are talking to Boston College offensive lineman Ilya Krinovich. Ilya, this turns out to be like International Day. So you were actually from Serbia. Uh, so not a big football country. They're Eastern European, big hockey, big with hockey, big with soccer, basketball, stuff like that. So how did you get into football? What, what gave you the desire to play football? Was it, was it something with your family? Was it something maybe with a friend of yours that maybe went to, went to America? Or did you just learn it when you just came here? So uh, I was a professional volleyball player. Wow. Yeah, I played a middle blocker in a national team of Serbia, and I was very good at it. And also, I played like a bunch bunch of other sports, like uh, water polo, uh, kickboxing, mixed mixed martial arts, and other, like literally every single sport, like basketball, even the soccer. I was a goalkeeper and then played in defense. So uh, I, I literally try every single sport on this planet. And uh, I started to play volleyball from young age. And uh, like year, exactly a year ago, now a year and a half, uh, I, I started to play football back home in my, in my country. And uh, my older brother was playing defensive end. So he told me like, hey, we need some big guys uh, to come here to play D-line. And I was like, okay, I don't know what it is. But um, by the nature, I'm very aggressive and very anxious person. So he thought that this sport will be good with me. And he just said, like, in this sport, you can beat up people legally. So that was instant, like, turn on for me. <laughs> and I was okay, like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I, ba- I abandoned volleyball uh, in many reasons. Uh, but... Yeah, I started playing football because, like, I was uh, I was very. Uh, the main thing was why I started to play football is like I can beat up people, you know, and that's the thing. So, Ilya, you're you're pretty much telling us you're a mean offensive lineman because I, I've I've watched a lot of football and there's a lot of soft offensive linemen in the NFL, especially, and that's a huge problem. We've seen a lot of teams the 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 great offensive lines what we've seen over the years, especially in college and even in the NFL, they've had at least one or two mean players. Would you consider yourself a mean player or a laid back player? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I consider myself uh, as offensive lineman with the mind of a D lineman. And a very dirty D line uh, because uh, I play D line. I play in a, first. First of all, I played in a senior league. That was my like uh, first first game ever of football. So I play like guys against like they were like uh, 30, 40 years old. Uh, and you know when you fight with those people, it's very like um, 
it's you know you you need to have balls you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah you know and uh, then i when i went i went to another club to another to another team uh, they put me in the offensive line and i was like i was not satisfied because like i wanted to play d line uh, but at the same time they put me like in a whole line and d line uh, because of that reason, because I was too aggressive and, you know, I was nonstop getting penalties and stuff, you know. So, yeah. So, Ilya, what, what is it like for you to come from Serbia and be in the Boston area? Is, is everything you thought it was when you were watching movies growing up? Uh, no. Um, well, you know, from Serbia is a, is a very small country, first of all, and uh, a lot of people dream about coming to the States. Uh, there's a huge, like, huge number of players that play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Serbian, like Bogdanovic, mm-hmm. uh, Jokic, and so on, you know? But, like, the, we never had that pot- potential in, a, in a, like, American football. We call it American football. You call it here football. So, yeah, they, they told me, like, I had a huge potential, you know? But uh, and they 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 were telling me like hey you can end up in in the states you know playing professionally but I didn't believe mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it happened and I'm like you know I'm I'm really like satisfied you know but I'm keep pushing on till till the pros. So what, what what's one of your favorite things about being in the area? Do you like do you, do you go downtown? Do you go uh, what what sites do you like to go see? Uh, here in Florida. Oh. He's in Florida, he's in Florida right, right now. Right yes, now. Okay. he's in Florida right now. But I'm sure he's going to have the opportunity to sightsee, get to see some of the food and, and some of the restaurants over there, right in the right in the town, right in the city part. It's a beautiful. It's a very clean city. I'm not a I'm not a huge Boston fan because obviously we're out here in New York, so I I, I don't like Boston sports. But I, I have to say the town and the people over there are amazing. Uh, the food is great. It's not it's something that you. Uh, it's not New York food, but it's right there. It, it, they have so many good Italian restaurants over there, seafood restaurants over there. So it's definitely something that you'll absolutely like. If you like to eat, Ilya, you're going to love yeah. Boston. I know you like to eat. <laughs> I'm 375 pounds. 375 pounds? How tall are you? No, 325. 25. How tall are you? I'm 6'8". 6'8". Wow, you're a beast, man. No wonder why you play volleyball. <laughs> As you guys know, we are talking to Boston College offensive lineman recruit Ilya Krinovich. Now, Ilya, we've we've watched the NFL grow and it, all over the world, and a lot of people are trying to consider, or the NFL is trying to consider bringing an NFL team from overseas, uh, England, Australia, Germany. They're slowly but surely trying to grow the sport in different countries. Do you think, or will you think? Do you think? Or will you think that you'll see an NFL team uh, being built in another country besides here in the United States? Um, yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm coming from Europe. So in Europe, the, the German football is the best. So the Ger- Ger- Germany, like a country, uh, they're like the best, the, the best country like for football. They have very, very good leagues. They're very, very good players. And a lot of players from Serbia goes in a, in a, in a general leagues to play there. Um, I heard about the things that uh, guys from England, from Germany, French are coming to States. 
and that's a good thing. And I, I really believe that the NFL is going to 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 expand to to Europe. I, I, I truly believe. So just to uh, follow up on that question, what how what time frame do you think that kind of thing can happen in? Will it be something that happens in five years, ten years, much further down the line? Because we've seen exhibition games already in London for the past thirteen years. So when do you think it will happen? When it does. Oh, man, um, it's hard to it's hard to tell, but I'm thinking about like in ten years, because uh, slowly now the Europe is starting to get like uh, it's, it's starting to to be like a main main like main recruiting. Um, there's a lot of a lot a lot of kids from Europe are coming to 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 states to play college football. Uh, and there's uh, like a lot of scouts in Europe um, that are uh, helping those kids, you know, go to the college. So I believe like in, in approximately 10 years that that will happen. As you guys know, we are talking to Boston College offensive lineman recruit Ilya Krinovic. So I, I know Vladi Divac is a guy that uh, came from Serbia, had some success with the Lakers. He had success, uh, well, not as much success as the GM with the Kings. He actually just uh, resigned the other day. Uh, how much did you, like? Who was your favorite player growing up? Someone like Vladi, the fact that he came here and he and he did that, and he was a success. Like, how much did that inspire you? Uh, so that that's the question that I get a lot. Uh, the thing is with me, I'm that kind of person. Uh, I play sports, but I I don't follow it. That's the thing with me. They they ask like, hey, did you watch the games like like I don't know Ravens against the the New England Patriots or like NBA games or whatever games? I'm that kind of person who don't like to watch the games. I just like to play, uh, and I'm just that kind of person. Like I, I'm really not interested in sitting on the couch mm. and watching the game. Uh, of course, I will watch it if it's like a national team, if it's really interesting. But like, I'm really that not that kind of a person who who is uh, who has um, who has like um, was it interesting? I, I get you. for 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 that kind of stuff. So, so how how did you learn American football? Was it something that uh, you know came naturally, or was it something that you you never could see yourself doing, but you just picked it up? Uh, <laughs> So when I came to first practice uh, on uh, in in my hometown, um, they told me like they told me like okay we'll find your helmet we'll find your pad and they <laughs> found me okay it's yeah okay everything's good so come on the field you see that guy yeah uh, bull rushing <laughs> that's funny I was like okay. <laughs> and I, like full full speed like I started you know to go after him of course I put him on the butt because I went with my head you know I just <laughs> kick him. and um, you know and they they told me like okay yeah you're stronger you know you, you have really a huge potential but like you need to learn the game so I slowly started to learn the game and I learned it, and I learned it uh, when when I was back home. So when I came here, of course, this is a, this is a professional place, the best place in in the United States, the best high school in the states. So uh, here, my coaches helped me to learn more game, and now I'm playing. So yeah, you're a, you're a big man, and we we just saw somebody get drafted six foot eight, three hundred and sixty four pounds for the New York Jets. Runs a uh, runs a forty in five seconds, almost flat. 
Uh, did you ever run the 40 yet? Have you run the 40 yet? Yeah, I ran 40. I ran 40 while I was home. So, what you running in? <laughs> I'm running at 493. Wow. Nice. Six foot eight, 315 pounds, right? 315 pounds? 25. 325 pounds. And he runs it in a four, 498, uh, 493, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's still better than uh, Beckham. But, uh, but anyways, uh, before, before we ask you our silly questions, when, yeah. you see, when you see yourself as a college player, and if there is a season, uh, hopefully there is a season. And I know a lot of, a lot of college players, they, they predict themselves that they want to be in the NFL because they want to support their families. They want to take care of their families uh, for their futures. Did you, before you decided to go and play college football, did you always think that you had the athletic ability to play professional sports? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I thought like uh, the volleyball was my, was my, you know, sport and I'm going to like go to, to play it professionally. Uh, but then like, you know, a lot of things happen with my club and uh, the volleyball is um, uh, my club where I was playing. Um the other clubs had a better like connections, you right. can say, you know. So the, a lot of good players were were going uh, into better clubs, and also like um, the guys who who weren't as good as me or somebody else went because they have connections in other clubs and stuff. You know, that turns a number call. Hey, my son wants to come and play. You know, and it's just like that. They they didn't really like search for a talent. They just like you know, uh, did everything you know with the connections. So you know that is that is the thing where where I was you know like fuck volleyball. I'm just going somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, well, but it's just like that. You know, so you know I was really thinking about go really being professional volleyball, and then when I started to play football, I was like. Okay, you know, they, they're telling me I'm going to go like to states and stuff, but I didn't believe them until now, you know, <laughs> until now. Like, year after they said it, I'm here at the states, committed to Division One school, you know, and I'm like, you know, happiest man on earth. All right, so the, you played both football and volleyball. So I want the craziest from both sports the craziest football game you ever played in, and the craziest volleyball game, or even just an individual set that you ever played in. Um, craziest game. Uh, the crazy. Oh yeah. Oh shit. It was um. So the football game. It was a U nineteen. So it was uh. We played against uh, the Belgrade Wolves. It's a. It's a one club from the capital city of Serbia. So we played against them, and they were like known to be very dirty and very. Uh, they were like the best. But, like, they were very dirty, you know. And, of course, judges were from Belgrade also. So, you know, judges were on their, their side. Uh, we lost that game, of course. You know, <laughs> we scored we scored uh, six touchdowns and they, they, like, denied it six touchdowns because mm-hmm. of, like, the, the penalties and stuff, you know. So, you know, we lost that game. We knew that we were going to lose it. Uh, but at the end of the at the end of the game, like ten minutes before before ending the game, our coach huddled us up and said, "Like guys, you know, you know what is the situation uh, now? Because they're dirty, you go and like literally kill them, like <laughs> literally kill every single one of them." Uh, 
that means like go full, you know. If I was offensive lineman, I was a right tackle. So the defensive end comes, I'll grab him by the pad and starts hitting, hitting the helmet on our heads. You know, two guys, uh, two guys were unconscious after that. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we literally like wanted to hurt them. You know, so that was the the craziest thing uh, that happened on the football, and in a volleyball, um, well, craziest thing. When we when we won the the championship, national championship, because it was really a tough game. It was uh, we of course won uh, by three two, you know, and uh, they they first led by by the two zero, and we it was like. Okay, it's over, and then like slowly the the team chemistry started to raise up, and I was like, okay, let's let's do this, you know, let's fuck them up. So, <laughs> <laughs> as you guys know, we are talking to Boston College offensive lineman recruit Ilya Krinovich. Now, Ilya, we do this every one of our shows. We're going to ask you some silly questions. We want some silly answers. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Question number one, boxers or briefs and why? Uh, boxers. Boxers? Box. A big guy like you, I, I think I know why you want rather boxers, but why boxers? Uh, because they're comfortable, you know, and there's a lot of space for, for you know what. <laughs> Favorite snack to snack on before a game? Uh, I'll say a, a Gatorade bar or a Cliff bar. What's up with these Gatorade bars and Gatorade like these these uh what do they call them? We're interviewing like, Gatorade shoes, Gatorade Gatorade shoes, Gatorade Gatorade bars. Yeah. I mean, like, you're interviewing younger athletes. That's where they started advertising. You know, it, I guess it's crazy because when I was a kid, they didn't have Gatorade shoes. I mean, they didn't have they had Gatorade, but uh, it wasn't even popular when no. when I was young. It was Powerade. I think it only popular. came out like five or six years ago. Too. What Gatorade? Gatorade shoes I'm and talking, bars and stuff. I'm like talking that. about Gatorade. Gatorade's oh. been around for years, mm-hmm. but when I was a kid and when I was in high school, it was more Powerade than Gatorade. Now the triglycerides are so high, people rather go to Gatorade because of the the uh, electrolytes. So that's 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 interesting. Okay. Uh- I would say maybe more a Cliff Bar because I'm a more Cliff Bar fan. Mm-hmm. Like Gatorade is also a good snack. You know. All right. Blondes or brunettes and why? Both. <laughs> um, both? both? <laughs> you got to give me one. That's the tricky part of the question. <laughs> both. What would you, which one would you prefer, blondes or brunettes? It doesn't. Obviously, you like both, but it's a tough question. Uh, it's a tough question, huh? Um, shit. Uh, uh, let's go with the blondes. Let's go with. The All right, blondes. <laughs> You're a blonde. They're blonde. Let's go with the blondes. All right. If there was before a game, if there was a, a track that you would listen to, you listen to. To pump you up or pump your 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 team up, what track would that be, and why? Uh, Ramstein du Haas, right? <laughs> no, uh, I was I was thinking about this uh, like for a long time. Um, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> I would say I would say like the, the the song that pumps me the most. Is like um, Carrie Underwood. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's a 
from a little bump and I don't know who else. So welcome to the party. Okay. Uh, it has that like fast style and it's it's so fast and it was like it's it's very aggressive. I found it very aggressive. So it would be like you know just put your helmet on, you know, smash it a couple of times and like let fuck this shit up, you know. There was a fan. John Suggs asked a question: Do you train differently overseas compared to the states? And like, do you? Uh, it says, like, do you do something overseas that the states should start doing? So uh, he's saying, uh, do you train the same way as the states? Um, and is it something that the states should start start doing if you do do something differently overseas? Uh, there's a fucking huge difference <laughs> between training at states and training at here and training overseas. Uh, I'm thinking like here is the better. You know, because there are professionals, uh, and there's the people who know, you know, who know who played in the league, who know what are they doing. You know, and uh, in Europe, you can also find good coaches, but they're not like professionals. You know, they don't have that experience. So I would say, um, I would say the best, the best thing is training here, to practice here. And um, what was the other question? Um, no, no, no. And, and, and do you think it says, he says, do you train differently overseas compared to the States? And then he says, is it something, if, if, if it is overseas, is it something that the States should learn and do and copycat? States, states are states. Um, state, it's, it's just like that, you know, here, here, like the, every single coach is, is professional, you know, is trained like professional. So, you know, states are states. You you can't compare. So, Ilya, before we let you go, why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media, my friend? Uh, I'm 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 really I'm really uh, bad at spelling. <laughs> so, so is Harold. Don't worry. I'm bad. I'm really bad. So I'm just as bad as you, Ilya. I'm bad at spelling, but I will show you on the camera. <laughs> oh oh oh! What is that, Speedy? Speedy, what does it say over there? I can't even see it. I can't see it, There's too much glare, Ilya. There's too much glare over there. All right. I I caught a glimpse of it. I I couldn't tell what it was, though. K-R-A-J-N-O-V-I-C-C underscore. Got it. Got it. But um, It's my last last name, Mm -hmm. all all small letters, and then the underscore. (laughs) Well, I will say this, Ilya. Uh, If there is a season, I'm looking forward to watching you. Uh, a six foot eight, three hundred and twenty five pound athlete that is a volleyball uh, national champion. It's pretty amazing uh, the story behind who you are as a, an athlete and really where you believe you're going to go in the future. I, I would love to see you play in the NFL, play for the Jets because I putting you on the other side of Makai Beck. I, I would I would say the Jets have the biggest line in NFL history. Two six foot eight guys. Also, also. Also, if you if you want to, to like read something more about me, mm-hmm. uh, the Bleacher Report uh, made an article about me, like a full story. So you can go on a Bleacher Report and, and read about it. Well, I would love to read about you. I've, I've read a little bit about you, and I would love to get you back on the show. Uh, would you be interested in coming back on the show in the near future? Of course. Absolutely. And I, I want to see you grow, man. And if you do get drafted, uh, you're going to invite us to your uh, you're going to invite us to your party, right? Course. Of course, man. I mean, I mean, you're a giant to me. I'm probably up to your your waist or something. I mean, six foot eight, three hundred three hundred twenty five pounds. I mean, you could probably palm me or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a small guy, but you're pretty damn big, man. But uh, I would love I, I would love to get to know you uh, 
moving forward as as a college football player. And and I do believe that with your size and your ability and your athletic ability, I believe uh, anything is possible. And I, I do believe you will play in the NFL. Yeah, I, I believe so. I believe so too, um, especially to to help my family and uh, <clears throat> to to like simply you know play in a, play in the pros and you know live my life how I want to till the rest of my life to hear, to live however I want. You're a baby, man. Good luck, and we're going to stay in touch with you, uh, and we're definitely going to get you back on. And I don't know if you dance, but we're having some kind of TikTok dance-off. I uh, would... Nah. Come on, man. We need to get nah, you involved nah, with nah. this. Nah, no. no? Uh, to me, to me, honestly, uh-huh. honestly, I don't know if I can say this, uh-huh. uh, but to me, uh, TikTok is for pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not TikTok. We're just going to take a video and we're going to have you dance to it. And we're going to have people I'm, vote. I'm not a good dancer. Well, listen, a lot of people aren't good dancers, but you could be funny, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Ilya, thank you, my friend. No problem. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Ilya Krinovich, uh, the the Boston College offensive lineman recruit. Kid's a very, very nice kid. Uh, up and coming. I think the kid's going to be a star. I really do. He's big. He's strong. And you're going to run fast for a size already. That's, I mean, that's four nine, four yeah. nine three, or mm-hmm. something like that. It's it's pretty incredible. It's incredible the athletic ability some of these kids have. I yeah. mean, it's it's remarkable. Especially somebody growing up internationally too. So sometimes you don't get that head start training wise that other football players get. I know. I know he played volleyball too, but it's a different type of training. There's not as much strength training for volleyball. It's more technique training and stuff like that and jumping. It's remarkable how big that guy is. And how fast he can run. It, it, it is. Uh, but he's a volleyball national champion. I didn't even know that. So there you go. Anyways, uh, Mark, we call this segment Mark It Up. This is Mark It Up. 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 All right, Mark. So how many of you guys have watched, obviously, the hockey playoffs? Oh, what have surprised you about some of the series? Uh, I, I mean, before you, you, you guys chime in, let me tell you what has kind of surprised me. I think most of us thought that uh, Vancouver would not be as as tough as they've been. They've really given St. Louis a run for the money. Quinn Hughes, who's a rookie defenseman, has been outstanding. He tied third-year defenseman, but he's a rookie defenseman. Well, he's twenty years old. Twenty years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. rookie eligible this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Uh, so it set uh, eight points in the first six games to tie Ray Bork's record for most uh, for a guy his age, and uh, they. Pretty much dominated St. Louis first couple of games. Uh, Horvat has had an incredible postseason. Then you look at the way that the Islanders have. They, they, you know, they're playing like they did at the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, they went on a run where they were undefeated for 17 straight games. And you could see people who had known the Islanders in Capitals kind of seen them the last couple of years, especially in 2015. The Islanders weren't ready yet. You've seen how much they've they've learned and grown up, especially under Trotz. A lot of these guys just implement what he's teaching them. And when you have Bavillier stepping out, he has seven points already. A bunch of guys have five or more points, which is something they weren't doing the regular during the regular season. You look how how they've dominated in even strength play. They've outscored the Capitals ten to two in even strength play so far this series, which is a huge part of why they're winning. I mean. They're 5 for 30-something on a power play, one of the worst power plays in the league, but they never really were a good power play team. So you see how they're deep four lines, and uh, they're getting great goaltending by Varlamov. 
So I think that's been a little bit of a surprise. I thought the Islanders would have some success, but I didn't think they would be as good as they've been, and uh, especially against the Capitals. They, it's not like they've, they've manhandled them, but when the Capitals came out for Game 2, it looked like they were ready to get back into that They series. have manhandled the Capitals. I don't know what you're watching. Well, they've I mean, completely dominated this series. It, game, it's not even been... It, the fact that it went into overtime yesterday, yeah. they weren't even the better team. In the second half of the game, in the second half of the period, second period, all the way through the third, they were the better team. But, yeah, but Game 2, when the Capitals came out, it looked like they were, okay, they were trying to make a statement. The Islanders stood right up to them, and they, they didn't back down. And then, you know, by the time the game got into the third period, they were able to put the game away. And that's something they had a, they always kind of struggled doing uh, in the last couple of years. So it's nice to see them be able to do that. Uh, Vegas, I think, has played really well. Uh, Chicago got a game the other day. They're going which, to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Vegas you know, is going. Uh, I think Colorado struggled a little bit. You know, they lost to, you know, game three. Against Phoenix, but they didn't I didn't struggle badly though. They still put a ton of shots on goal on Kemper. They just, 40, Kemper yeah. was insane. <laughs> but I mean, it, I, I thought they would go right through them. I mean, Colorado's just to me. I thought they were the best team in the in the West. And St. Louis has struggled a little bit, but I think St. Louis will come back and win the series. And I think that when you look at some of the other teams in the, in the East, we saw that five overtime game between Tampa Bay and Columbus, and. We both said, hey, you know, who wins this game? This is going to set the series. Of course. And it really kind of has. Even though Columbus came back and won game two, Tampa's kind of showing how much they've wanted to get back at them and learned a little bit from their loss last year. I still think they're too small to come out of the East, especially when they face up against Boston or even the Islanders. I think the Islanders could give them a little bit of problems with their size, and, and the Islanders are playing very, very physical. They're, they've been the most. Season. They've been the most physical team out of any of these NHL teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so, Islanders. And if they yeah. continue playing this way, they're going to be a hard out against anybody they play. And they're gonna. They're going to be Washington. There's no way Washington's coming back from a three zero deficit. Mm-hmm. There's no way. If they don't win tomorrow, they'll win the next game after that. But the Islanders are the better team. And 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 to me, what the Islanders have done is they've set set themselves up in a very good position because if Philadelphia gets out of their right. series. They'd they be get, playing Philadelphia right. in the next round, which they match up very, very well against. They do. So, it works much better than Boston or yeah, Carolina. Yep, yep. So, um, and I, I think that there are a couple of things that happen here. I, I usually post the, the top five notes or something usually every morning on our website or at Sports Radio. Uh, Pavelski had a uh, hat trick yep. the other day, yesterday, the, only the fourth Dallas Star, Minnesota North Star, to do it the last time somebody did was 1989. Uh, Carter Hart became the youngest flyer goaltender to post a shutout breaking Pete Peters record and Braden Shen with his overtime goal his first game winning goal in play in his playoff career in his 55th game so this guy's you know an experienced veteran so it's nice to see some of these guys uh, achieve some of those things when they played for so long now looking at baseball this is what really confuses me okay you look at some of these leaders in baseball Anthony Santander Tied for the league lead in RBIs of 22. Charlie Blackman, up to a couple weeks ago, was threatening to bat 500. I mean, he was just absolutely on fire. Uh, Donovan Solano. You ever hear of Donovan Solano? Yeah. He was an old journeyman with the Marlins yeah. last time uh, I saw yeah, him. We knew this was going to happen in a 60-game season. We knew uh, this was going to happen. He's on, he's on the Giants, and he's been an yeah, uh, absolute rev- revelation 
Mike Yastrzemski's had a very good year. You know, the grandson of Carl Yastrzemski. The Giants have struggled, but Yastrzemski is kind of proving um, that he's a legit player. Trevor Story leads the league in runs scored. Uh, Fernando Tatis, people didn't know if he was ready yet. This guy has been on fire for San Diego. San Diego, I think people were wondering if they were too young, and they've, they've played pretty well. I was worried about them, too, with a new manager. <laughs> and I, I think the, the most disappointing team, obviously, if we have to go to that right now, I would say it would probably be the Mets. They would be right up there. I, I don't think Boston is really disappointing because if you looked at their pitching when the season started, they had absolutely no pitching. And you see that, what, they gave up eight straight runs for seven straight ga- <laughs> eight runs or more for seven straight games, one shy of a major league record. So... And even if you saw, like, the Met, they were one of the team, the Mets just, you know, Brody around Brody fired after the season? I think that, I look, if, if, if they in, keep going what, they, what, what, what they're doing, I think he should be because the trades he has made have not worked, and he's kind of put them on a backtrack now. I mean, it's, it's not his it's fault. Amazing. It's amazing when, when you look at what Brody has done, and then you look at the Yankees. With mm-hmm. all the injuries the Yankees right. have right now, they just they're still winning. Guys. Yeah, and they they're just still replaced winning. guys. They got, like, five more guys ready for the guys that are there. <laughs> they're 15 okay. and 6, and they lost Aaron Judge and DJ LeMayu for a significant amount of time. And mm-hmm. already have lost Stanton, too. <laughs> yeah, and they lost Stanton for how many? Um, probably for the next couple more weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're still winning. They're now, still winning. Now, here's the thing. You can't blame him for Stroman or Cespedes opting out. But... I think we see how much they miss Blake Wheeler. I mean, this was Zach a guy. Wheeler. Uh, Zach Wheeler. Blake Wheeler. I, 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 I do the same thing with, uh, with one of the pitchers. Uh, uh, I mess names up, the race. Too, so it's nothing. Uh, nothing. Yeah. So, but, but Zach Wheeler, when they got him for Beltran, this was a guy that was supposed to lead their rotation with Harvey and Mats. You know, and we've seen Mats just absolutely implode again. I mean, the thing about Mats that people wonder about is, does he have the mental strength to get through the games? And when one or two things go wrong, you can see he kind of gets pissed off, throws a ball into his mitt, and then he's just absolutely out in left field. And they needed him to step up and be the legit second starter, especially with Syndergaard out. I mean, you look at, I remember a couple years ago when Gazelman and Lugo pitched well in 2016. You had like seven guys the Mets were going to you know, could have gone to to be, like, pretty good starters when you had Harvey and you had DeGrom and you had Mats and then Syndergaard and Wheeler. Like, wow, these, you're going to have an unbelievable rotation. And then they still got Kuselman and Lugo, which got them to the postseason in 2016. So if they really want to get back in this, and they could, you know, depending on they play the still Florida, early. Like eight I, times, the, Mets, yeah. the Mets could still come back. So I, I, I mean, Their yeah. bullpen has been terrible. Well, and the, the bullpen is like overworked. Every, their starters have been terrible. Both and of they, them have been terrible. And, and by the way, they're not hitting the and ball. And they haven't hit, yeah. Uh, Rosario's been absolutely abysmal. Uh, you know, obviously, Alonzo struggled, but you know, most people did expected anybody think, he would take a did step Did anybody back. think Alonzo was going to have the season he had no, last year? No, no. People, I think but most balls people. balls aren't juiced anymore, buddy. Most people thought he would have a step back. And, and uh, you know, Alonzo, I think, will be okay. Rosario, yeah, he's a 30, 30 and 100 guy. That's Rosario concerns me. Jimenez has been, has been very good. Very good. The rookie that they, that they brought up. The guy that he was going to trade. Uh-huh. Uh, there were stories well, coming they, out that they were going to try hey, to trade him. Traded everyone else. You traded Jared Kalenic. You know, I mean, look how good he is. I mean, please, that, that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be a trade that measure regret for a long time. Okay, um, but also David Peterson has been pretty good. He's been yes. the second best starter. That's been the one bright spot this year. Yeah. So uh, th- you know, th- there is that. But if if these guys continue to implode, I mean, they have one of the worst records in the National League. I think only the Pirates are worse than them. Yeah. So if, if that if that continues to go away, we, we Met fans thought that there was going to be uh, 
you know, at, at worst, a wild card. Now that they expand, you know, eight teams make 16 the playoffs. Sixteen teams. Yeah. So I mean, if you don't make the playoffs now, you should you shouldn't be allowed to play next year. I mean, that, that's how that's how bad it is. Okay. <laughs> what is this? The Premier League? Yeah, really. You get you get to drop down a bit. They'll, they'll have to go. I remember they used to be in Tidewater or you know Buffalo or Las Vegas. They can go play there. But I, I think. Cespedes opting out was one thing I think that annoyed I wasn't people. surprised he was doing that. But I think it annoyed people because Cespedes had a lot to prove. And then he... He, 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 he ran from the he, match yeah. just like Marcus Stroman. Yeah, and Stroman too. Uh, it's one thing to not want to play. It's another thing to say you will and then back out. And it put them in a bad spot. He didn't want to play um, for the Mets. Everybody knows that. He wanted to be a Yankee. I've said this mm-hmm. over and over again. He never wanted to play for the New York Mets organization. He went over there because Jabrody Van Wagen had made one a pretty good trade, actually. It made sense at the time, and it really has really backfired at the New York Mets. It mm-hmm. really has. And how about Donovan Mitchell scoring 57 points today for the Jazz mm-hmm. in their win? You know, you know what the NBA scoring record is for most points in a playoff game? What's that? Michael Jordan, when he scored 63 at the Boston Garden in a the game they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, that always surprised me that Chamberlain or, or you know, Kobe or somebody didn't score more. Over the course of time. I was surprised um, Donovan Mitchell hasn't been traded yet because there were stories yeah. coming out that him and Rudy Gobert do not get along. And the coach over there with the Jazz. COVID. Yeah, well, I don't know. And, and the coach over there, uh, who's the Jazz coach right now? Quinn Snyder. Quinn yeah, Snyder. Snyder Quinn, the Missouri guy. Yeah, yeah, Quinton Snyder and him don't get along either. So there were stories coming out that he, one of the teams that he would have liked <laughs> to go to is the New York Knicks. And there were stories coming out from the Knicks organization. But what did the Knicks have to give up for? Donovan Mitchell was a star. Yeah. He's a superstar player. So I remember Quinn Snyder back at Duke. Hey, Dukey. He's got the, the little wavy hair going on. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, I do remember that the Knicks could have drafted Donovan Mitchell, and, and that was one of the guys that they wanted. Uh, and they the passed guys. up on him. Yeah, they could have drafted Steph Curry, too. Well, yeah. no, no, no. Steph, Steph Curry, Curry was drafted before they were yeah. drafted. Yes. It was Minnesota who had two picks in a row oh, okay. that could have drafted, drafted Steph Curry. They yeah, drafted they... Hill after Steph Curry. Yeah. Steph Curry went eight. Hill wins at nine. The Knicks were drafting at nine. The Knicks were going to draft Steph Curry. That, well, that's the story. They tried to move up to get Steph. And they made, Golden State made sure that there was no way in hell the Knicks were going to be mm. able to move up to get him. And he fell to the, the Golden State Warriors. You see where the Golden State Warriors are and where the Knicks are right now. You know what's funny is that Mark Jackson didn't get very little credit for the fact that he was there for that first year. And then mm-hmm. it kind of built a little bit of that system. And Jackson, why hasn't he gotten – why haven't the Knicks taken a look at him? Like, Mark what? Jackson? Yeah. Uh, Mark Jackson hasn't been a coach in about seven years. Yeah, I don't want to put somebody that hasn't, hasn't been there, just like Jeff Van Gundy. I want to put in a guy – Gundy. I yeah. love Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy, too. I mean, I wanted Tom Thibodeau. They got Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, he, he's not bad. Yeah, I mean, Thibodeau – He was the best yeah. coach available. Yeah, he's, he's certainly I don't not. care what anybody says about yeah. Kenny Atkinson and what he's done with the Nets. Mm-hmm. He was there for two years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so sick and tired about, well, he knows how to work young players. Mm-hmm. How do we know? Tom Thibodeau – he, he helped build that Bulls team to be an Eastern Conference oh, into mm. the Eastern Conference Championship a couple of years. Mm. He also helped grow Derrick Rose and uh, Joe Kim Noah and all mm. the different players Derek that they had Rose. over the years. So to tell me that Tom Thibodeau doesn't know how to build a young team and help a young team grow is crazy. But he was the best coach available, and he I, got the I, best coach. I, I thought that, that that was a pretty good pick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was but the best Definitely coach a better available. decision they made than Hornacek and some of the other guys. Absolutely. That's not so much. Uh, the only other guy to score 60 in a playoff game, by the way, was Elgin Baylor. Mm-hmm. Did that I remember, like, yes. Yeah. You remember Baylor, that, right? Yes, I remember yes. that, too. I was, I was, yes. was in, and people in, forget in how good Elgin Baylor, Baylor was. Was yeah. that when he was still with the Minneapolis Lakers, or was that the L.A.? I think, I believe it was L.A., 
I think it was Minneapolis. I think it was Minneapolis. Uh, Nevertheless, who, yeah. who cares? Who cares? Elgin, they won titles both places. <laughs> who cares? Elgin Baylor was one of the top ten, mm-hmm. uh, to me, one of the top mm-hmm. ten best players of all time. Everybody keeps putting Kobe Bryant there, but you forget about some of the greatest players of all time. Oscar Robertson, mm-hmm. uh, Bill, mm-hmm. Bill Jerry Russell, West. Jerry West. I mean, people forget Walt Clive Frazier. Frazier. Could you imagine Walt Frazier in the game, the, the NBA game right now? Mm. The NBA game, the way he played the game. He was a great defender. One of the best ever. Oh, man. The game is completely different. So for anybody to put all these guys, you you have to look at the big picture here. But uh, the NBA playoffs has just started. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward uh, to seeing what's going to happen here. I do believe the two L.A. teams will make it to the Western Conference Championship. Mm -hmm. And I I, I do think uh, the Celtics and Milwaukee. In the Eastern Conference. So who's, and going, who's going to the finals? The Celtics. Celtics going to the finals. Yeah. And what about in the West? I'm going to take the Clippers. Clippers win. Clippers win in seven. What do you got, Speedy? I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to say it's not going to be an L.A. team. I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets and the Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. Okay. I, I think the Rockets make it out of the West just, just to choose differently. Okay. And I the think Rockets? That, the Rockets? Yeah. Hey, hey. You they know might what? not even get out in the first round. Hey, just, just throwing it out there. And I think the Bucks will win in the East. And who do you think wins the championship? I think the Bucks. I think Giannis' time has come. He's, I think he's the most dominant player. They don't, they don't have any second-tier so. offensive players in a half-court game. I, I'm sorry. And I'm not going to trust Middleton to, to do the things that everybody thinks he's going to do in a big game. I, I'm not going to bet on that. I'm going to bet on the L.A. Clippers versus the Celtics. I think the Celtics have enough depth if they can stay healthy. The coach, Brad Stevens, is one of the most underrated coaches mm-hmm. in the NBA. Nobody realizes how, how good of a coach he yeah, is. And they, he preaches defense. Both teams are very good defensive-minded defensive, uh, defensive minded teams. But I think the Clippers, with the, the, the greatness in Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. and Paul George and some of the perimeter defenders that they have that they could stop all the – especially the Celtics on the perimeter. I think the, the Clippers are the best team. Well, Gian- do. Giannis is better at 2K. I think NBA 2K yeah. uh, than he is. But, uh, so, real, real quick, thoughts on Damian Lillard? He's one of the best players in the league. One of the best point guards, if not the best point guard in the really, league. I loved when he did now that. Now, finally, people are giving him shot. attention for the first time in his career because right. he never gets it, ever, and nobody knows why. Damian right. Lillard is a special player. And, Absolutely. Uh, uh, he, to me, he's the best – to me, all around, he's the best point guard in the NBA. I love the Clipper guys and him going back and forth uh, on the sideline. You know, that, that's going to be a fun series if they play each other. So, Well, they, they will play, but it, they will not beat the Clippers. It will be a good series, but they will not beat the Clippers. Well, they got to beat the, the Lakers. Right? they got to beat yeah. the Lakers first. Yeah, I, and I, I think they Lakers could either. beat the Lakers. They, they, they can, yeah. I think they mm-hmm. could beat the Lakers. I think the Lakers have a lot of weaknesses on their team. Do you think they just like were bored being back there? I mean, it didn't seem like they, they played real hard. I mean, they, they just basically were going through the motion. I don't really think they had to. It's cockiness with LeBron James. It's, it's, LeBron is a, a cocky player. He believes that he can do anything, so we'll see. Well, he's got other things on his mind now. Yeah, well, yeah, he does. Anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Mark it up. Um, we will be back tomorrow. Mark, uh, you're more than welcome to come back tomorrow. Thank you, As you guys know, you can call us at 631-965-4990. Remember, you go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app, ladies and gentlemen. iOS, WWSRN, Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Shout out to our two guests, Isaac Pearson, the Texas football punter recruit. And Jellybean enthusiast. Yes, and Jellybean enthusiast. And Boston College offensive lineman recruit, Ilya Krinovich, for joining us. Uh, Great show, guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Up next, the wise guys here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.